Hello and welcome to Love Up and Friends. Uh, hey, we haven't done an episode in a while, but uh, you know we're gearing up to Free Comic Book Day 2023, and I thought, hey, why not talk to some of our guests and get to know them a little bit? Uh, because as much fun as Free Comic Book Day is, I never really get a chance to like stop and talk to anybody. Um, and I'm happy that the first guest I have uh, in this little series I'm doing uh, is one of the people that I've gotten to know over the years doing this and whose company I rather enjoy. Um, so joining me today, I've got... Hi, everyone. My name is Kit, and I am the face and the artist behind the social handle Sticks and Spells. And this is my first podcast, and I'm super excited. First podcast ever, really. Ever, yeah. So this is uh, nerve-wracking, but really exciting in a good way. I literally have a book over here that says everybody has a podcast. It's about how to put one together, so I'm surprised. Yeah, this is my first one. Aren't you a Gen Z or something? I don't know. No, God, no. I am a millennial through and through. Okay. Well, I guess there's, I don't know where the eight, I don't know. I'm just trying to make it, make a, a, I'm my old, my elder millennial like brain is taking over. I guess that's our equivalent of like boomer humor. No, we're good. We're good. No, I, this is my first time uh, doing this sort of thing. So I actually had to uh, make a little list on my computer because I know anything you ask about me, I'll forget who I am. I'm lucky I remembered my name. So good start. That's fine. <laughs> I, I edit out all of my brain farts. So, you know, people, I sound like I know what I'm doing. I'll try to extend that to you as well. Um, Perfect. But yeah, so I guess let's get people to know you a little bit more. I'm. You've been to, gosh, how many years have you been coming to our shows? I can actually tell you in just a second, because I keep pretty good track of all of that. So let's see. Level up. I've been doing it since 2017. Oh my god, that was six years ago. Yeah, I did the, the first event I did, I think, was with your, your Halloween event. Yes, I think so, because... The, that year we had um, Artisticon was one of the people, like, not the people, but like they were like involved with the, the free comic book day in May that year. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, you should reach out to this person. They're going to be an up and coming artist. and They have really good stuff. And that person was you. And they showed us your things. And we're like, oh, well, yeah, well, we like her. Like, she can come out. Well, the next event we would do is Halloween. So, um, yeah. There you That's are. a long time. That's amazing. That's actually kind of cool. I didn't think about how long it's been. Yeah. And I think you've been to all of our free comic book days in Halloween Comic Fest since then. Um, Except I for know... last year because of COVID. Yeah, last year I know you got sick. And then obviously uh, 2020 and 2021, we didn't really have the event. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, I'm not counting those against you. And I'm glad that if you were sick, you didn't come uh, for no. several reasons. A, I wouldn't want to spread it to anyone and be like, if you're sick, like even if you had like a regular cold, like stay home, knock that out, take care of yourself. Yeah, I was super bummed about it, but I take that whole like public health thing super important. So yeah. I was bummed, but like I said, uh, I love doing it and exactly. I'm excited to be a part of it for every year that you're willing to have me. Uh, it's an open invitation. Um, um, they'll say like at the store, we, even like way pre-pandemic, like we would take our health precautions pretty seriously because there's only like, you know, generally six of us at any given term time. Yeah. And uh, if one of us, if a disease kind of rolls through, like the whole business shuts down. So, you know, we were usually pretty good at making sure people have uh, paid time off for sick time. 
Yeah, and you guys are probably home. yeah. Yeah, you guys that level up too are seriously one of the most uh, personable and like accommodating, uh, like host when it comes to these sorts of events. So, oh really? Yeah, absolutely. You guys are by far like my favorite and the most hands-on and the most pro community and probably one of my favorites. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate that. One of our guiding like philosophies since the inception of the business is to be the kind of store we'd want to attend, uh, which is why we're kind of, we, we were like, Oh, we'll do like a fusion, like GameStop and comic book store. Cause we're like, that's what we want. There's gotta be a lot of spillover. Most people come for one or the other. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. We try to do that. It's also like super nice to hear because putting on like free comic book day and stuff is super stressful uh, and takes yeah. like six months of prep time. I get it. And obviously I'll never know the amount of effort you put into it, but yeah. do know that I, I see what you're doing and yeah. I acknowledge it. And I always talk to Courtney and to people about how uh, the community that you guys build, definitely one of the strongest and one of the best. Oh, thank you. And we're glad to have you as a part of that. Like we recently started, um, selling some of your art and products in our store because we, you know, in the last couple of years, we started doing consignment for local artists. And like, I think we're out of just about everything you did. Um, you gave us last, it was October's last time we saw you. So that's when we got stuff from you. Yeah. And I'm super excited to restock because since then I have a bunch of new content. Uh, I'm con yeah. like at this point, I'm putting out new stuff all the time and everything's like prepackaged. So I'm super excited to, have you guys take a look at what I have so I can no, whatever you want there. whatever you deem worthy to sell for us is fine um all right perfect well I'm gonna stock you guys up that's for sure sure um but speaking of your art and stuff what have been some of your artistic influences uh for your your style so it's kind of surprising with how cutesy my work is these days when I started off my art journey as like a teen my stuff was pretty macabre and like pretty creepy and like not even in the cute way. Uh, and I ended up growing out of that because I found myself to be extremely empathetic even towards my own artwork. And when I was creating these sad things, I felt myself being sad. So I said, screw this. I'm going to be happy and make happy things. And I did a massive 180 in college, actually. And I never looked back. So when it comes to like influences it's super cliche but I grew up as like an anime kid so mm. uh Hayao Miyazaki was a massive one for me uh I grew up watching magical girls and really whimsical colorful things and I think it's pretty obvious that that kind of influence worked its way into my 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 concept my core as a creator both color wise subject matter uh and i'm not ashamed of it i'm fine saying i grew up as an anime kid and that it kind of paved the way for me wanting to be an artist hey that's fine uh you know i'm a little bit older so i grew up watching like you know good american cartoons but you know it is what it is it is what it is trust <laughs> me I, I, I watch plenty of tom and jerry and all that too but yeah. i was waking myself up at 6 a.m to watch sailor moon as a kid yeah, so, i remember i remember watching the well I watched a couple episodes of the early dubs of Sailor Moon. It might have been one of the first animes I had seen because I remember being like, why does this show look and move the way it does? And like being really off put by it. But yeah, that was so, before I got into like Dragon Ball because that's every little boy's first anime. Oh, uh, 
honestly the thing that created the concept of Kit as like a child. It wasn't Sailor Moon. It was Tokyo Mew Mew. Literally paved the way. It's all I drew, all I wanted to do, all I wanted to watch. That was like my formative, creative, uh, experience as a kid. Yeah, I was saying like I know we mentioned uh, we just figured out our timeline. You've been coming to our events over six years. Um, you, you can't see it on my webcam, but I do have a piece of art I picked up from you. I think one of the first times you came in. And like it is so radically different versus like how you draw things now. So it's been really fun to see how you change over the years. Like this one reminds me a lot more of like adventure time. Like Which it's one a, is it? It's a space girl like riding a unicorn, like yep. on a field in space. Yep. I drew that one. That's actually styled after my cousin. It was the okay. design I did for her for her birthday. Uh yeah. yeah, I think one of the leading changes for that is uh something as simple as the program that I use. Uh, I worked mostly in Paint Tool Sci, uh, Photoshop, stuff like that, when I first started vending with you guys. And within the past, almost all of my work is exclusively finished in Adobe Illustrator, which okay. is, isn't necessarily super, super common because of how it's uh, vector-based. But uh, the last job that I worked at was was only in Adobe Illustrator. So it kind of changed how my brain worked. And now I find it works really well with the bright, solid colors that I use and the thick outlines and stuff like that. Uh, and honestly, if I vend with you guys for like another six years, I think my stuff is going to look completely different again then. All right, that's fine. We should be growing and changing every day. Um, but it's it's fun to because you know I was putting up new art and I was like you know going through all the old prints and I was like oh I got this ancient piece of kit art but like it's like a small weird size like it fits like this area between uh the corner of my wall and like my closet door so I was like oh I can put it right there it works um but I'm excited like I recently just got uh, a commission from you um and it's now the background of both my home computer, my work computer, and my cell phone. And I really love uh, having a little piece of custom kit art. Oh, it was so much fun. I love, it actually wasn't the first D&D &D character commission I've done. I've done one before. Yeah. But there, I wish I had more of them to do because I really enjoy taking someone's uh, like creation and visualizing it. Yeah. It's just a really fun uh, experience to work well, with a person to bring it to yeah. life. The reason I was inspired to have you do that specifically is uh, last Halloween, you did the Halloween Spooktacular, which I guess a little inside baseball wasn't going to do a Halloween event last year. They didn't do Halloween Comic Fest because that's like a, a national cop of thing. Uh, one of our close friends had recently passed away unexpectedly and I just didn't have the energy to put like into a big event. Um, but a lot of people were asking for one. So I was like, all right, I'll put something kind of small and like a little bit more intimate together. And you were, of course, you and your friend Annabelle are perfect for our Halloween events. So I was like, well, I got to bring you in. And then you graciously did some art to promote it. And uh, of course, it's a witch playing Super Nintendo. But I was like, man, this witch is so cute. And like my character is a witch. So I was like, ah. Let me see. Like it was kind of my way to maybe also pay you back for doing some art for the store, 
was how I rationalized it. Yeah. I saw me doing the art for the store as a way of me paying you back for always having me come to these shows. Yeah. Now you pay us back by like, all right, I don't want to just, we don't want to just gush at gush at each other for an hour, but you know, you add, you add a certain, uh, I don't know. We don't have anyone that does anything like what you do at our shows. You're very friendly. You get, you, you, you're there and you have fun. And like that kind of stuff really translates to a more fun show for everybody. Um, Cause I've, I've had, I'm not going to name names, but we've had people that like, kind of just like sit down and are just grumpy and they have, it becomes a self-filling for prophecy where nobody really yeah, wants to like, stop and talk to them. You know, like they just, they're just kind of lumps. I get that. I see Cause all the shows that I go to, it's, it's a real 50 50 either have like the really personable people talking or you have the people that just kind of like sit there nose in the phone and it's kind of hard to approach people to like like that so i try to be as personable as possible and besides i love meeting people like why wouldn't you want to get to know the people who are enjoying like enjoying your work i mean you know your setup has like a bunch of pokemon stuff so like it kind of draws people in or you know, you, you've got a lot, you've got a very colorful, like eye-catching display that you put on, uh, which is very uh, I love it when kids come to talk to me, like little yeah. ones, and they're like, I draw too. Oh, my heart, it explodes whenever that happens. Oh, that's really cool. Well, I'm glad that yeah. that happens for you. Yeah. Because, you know, it's part of what, like, you kind of need to, like, the industry kind of needs to do, and, well, the comic book industry. I know you, you haven't done any, like, comic work, right? Like, sequential, like, storytelling. No, it's been on my bucket list, but it's mm-hmm. kind of daunting. Yeah, it's a big project. You know. Yeah, I'm afraid like if I start by the time I finish it, it's gonna look different than when it started. I mean that's a that's a common thing. My my best friend, um you, you you've probably met his wife, him and his wife. They've been at our shows. At the Halloween thing, they were the ones doing the shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were super cool. Yeah, well they they do a comic book. Well, they do several comics together because uh, Kendall can't stop having ideas. Um, but you know that they they write, produce it, draw it, print it. Like oh, it's all in ha- like literally in house. Um, so you know it's a challenge, and it's just like his big. Just, he's like the secret is is you got to set deadlines and you have to hold yourself to them like as if you were your own boss. You know, like if Marvel's not going to let you not get like not meet your deadline you know you have to hold yourself to the same standard otherwise you just never get anything done and you know sometimes you just gotta do it but it's a different thing if that's you know we've been friends since high school and like we've been talking about making comics since we were like like 15 so i'm glad he's finally doing it uh just how that's awesome it helps he married an art teacher so that does help marrying like a fellow creative is really really cool yeah um, but you know, I'm like, I have credits in his book cause like I'll be his editor and stuff, but we, uh, if anyone wants to like know more about him, we do a podcast called Batcast 66, where we watch the Batman 66 show, not trying to plug that, but you know, yeah, plug away, do it. Yeah, there we go. So you can also find that wherever you're finding this podcast. Um, but what are some of like the challenges or like the differences you find making standard art versus, uh, your approach for like making your buttons or your t-shirts or what have you. So if you look at my work and you look at my online shop, you'll find that I offer a lot of different types of items. Like you just said, 
uh, enamel pins, printed t-shirts, tote bags, stickers, notebooks. Uh, and honestly, I do 85% of them myself. I, I try to make as much in-house as possible, which I think really gives me the upper hand when it comes to understanding uh, the process of creating it. Mm -hmm. because when you're creating artwork just for like digital consumption or to hang on a wall, it's very different than creating the artwork specifically for an enamel pin or for a t-shirt or for a sticker, because oh, I could talk about this for ages, but well, that's what this whole podcast is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I physically screen print myself which is the act of making t-shirts or printing on tote bags. And there's things to keep in mind, like, are these lines thick enough? Are they going to print? How will the design look with the shirt color showing through? Is this area of ink going to lay too heavy on the shirt? Uh, and kind of knowing the, the foundation of the item that you're creating for helps you create a design that's best suited for that product. The same thing for the buttons and charms and pins. You can spend all day working on the details, but at the end, it's going to be so small. Will they even be noticed? Mm -hmm. So honestly, I found that the quality of my goods really changed when I started thinking about the product it's going on before I even started the drawing itself. So the content that I create I think about whether or not it's for a charm, for a t-shirt, for a pin, and that will dictate how I visually create the piece instead of taking my designs and being like, oh, I'll make a sticker, oh, I'll make a tote bag, oh, I'll do this. Because it feels more solid, so okay. to speak, and more intentional. So I find that uh, it also has a drawback because I get a little... Uh, hyper-focused on it sometimes and I get too caught up with it and then it never actually comes to fruition. So there's always that too. It's a very fine line to balance. I mean, I find that's usually a, a ongoing trouble with any creative endeavor. Oh my God. My whip folder, my work in progress folder. It's insane. Uh, oh. Yeah, I, oh, I can imagine. I've gotten the, the special privilege. I've become friends with like a lot of artists and stuff over the years um, not just because of the store and like the events and stuff we do, but like running creative circles, you know, like when I was younger, like I write as a hobby, but like, I'm never going to make anything of it. Um, but like, you know, I used to do like audiovisual like stuff in high school, you know, I mean, you run in the artistic circles and like, yeah, everyone has just sketchbooks and sketchbooks and sketchbooks and just like nothing, not that everything needs to become a completed piece, but you know, the creative process isn't like a straight line. Yeah, drawing off of something you just said, which I think is really important to remember is that not every sketch has to be a finished product, which was one of the things I was really struggling with. Uh, I felt like everything that came past my fingertips as a drawing had to be ready to be consumed by the public in one way or another. So I mm -hmm. stopped sketching just for me. Uh, and I found that I started to resent art a little bit because I put so much pressure on everything that I created. So I'm recently trying to break out of that. And I bought a super cheap sketchbook from like five below. Like it's not even like a nice art one. 
and yeah. I just scribble in it. Like it's full of trash. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it feels good creating stuff that's like no one's gonna see. It's just my thoughts. It's practice, and it's fine. Not everything needs to be perfect. And not to get too artsy fartsy, but there, there's a level of beauty in that, you know, in and of itself, and the imperfections and whatnot, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's like if you don't. I'm just saying you can publish that now if you want, now that I said Oh, God, no, no one will ever see it. It (laughs) When it is done, when it is full, it is being burned, and no one will ever lay eyes on it. (laughs) Um, That's that's also fine. It's your creation. You can do what you want with it. Um, But I know I touched on, like, you know, you do, like, a bunch, like, not that you exclusively do, like, Pokemon or, like, Animal Crossing art, but you do dip your toes into, you know, for lack of a better term, fan art uh, that you'll have at your table. Um, what are some of your like favorite games or what like pieces of pop culture will like inspire you to go through the process to like make a ghastly pen, you know? So I am a little selfish when it comes to what I create. I kind of create the stuff that I would want to buy myself, That's which cool I do that. see is like a perk of being an artist that creates these kinds of things because if I can't find it to buy, I'll just make it myself, you right, know? a gap in the market, you know? Yeah, I'm filling a gap in the market. And the Ghastly Haunter Gengar, like, charm set that I did, they're my favorite Pokemon evolution and my fiancés. So uh, if I like it, I want it. And then I kind of cross my fingers and hope that other people do, too. So we'll that's kind of... What was you that? Mentioned, you, you mentioned like you know doing like scribbles and doodles and stuff. Haunter is my favorite. Well, for a long time he was my favorite Pokemon. Uh, that kind of asked me on a day it'll be a different thing. But he was my favorite to scribble in the margins of my notebooks growing up because he's all like jagged spikes. Yeah, so he, you, like you, you can draw him in any way. Stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just funny that that was the connective tissue just there, you know? Yeah. No, it's he's a good Pokemon, man. Yeah. But. Uh, I do enjoy fan art because it's cool seeing your rendition of an existing character and like seeing you bring it to light in a different way. And it does help bring eyes to your table because people enjoy things that they know and are familiar with. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to move away from fan art a little bit more because I do enjoy creating original content. But it is hard to move away completely because fan art really is a draw when it comes to this sort of field. But I'm hoping to find a nice balance where I can draw people's eyes and then uh, they can enjoy these original characters that I create as well. Yeah, I don't want to give people the impression because I don't think your table's mostly fan art, but like it is a, the Ghastly Gengar and Haunter set that you do is extremely purple. and Oh, extremely not- eye-catching. Yeah, it's usually the first thing that my eyes go to after you get set up. See, that's exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. It's it's the it's the the zinger, the catch, yeah. so to speak, and then it's the lore. You know, you got to draw the lore. Yeah, but it is kind of cool when uh, people come up and they're like, "So where are these characters from?" And I can say that they're just from my brain, and that means any of them. People are like, "Oh, that's awesome!" That means people aren't going to ask me about them, and I'm like, "Exactly." So you are fine. You yeah. can enjoy it. But I, I, I think your, uh, for lack of a better term, original stuff, uh, I don't know, I think it's just as good. 
Like I've got a couple of t-shirts from you over the years. Uh, I mean, the best one, you've redesigned it since I had, I bought mine, but so, you know, uh, everything hurts and I'm dying, like a, a coffin and stuff on it. Uh, oh, I love that one. Yeah. yeah. I do that sometimes where I'll have like a concept that I find is pretty popular or that I enjoy and I'll re-envision it like two, three, even four times as it grows with my style. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a pretty cool example of one. Yeah. Uh, I know I, the, at Halloween I picked up. So I didn't do a podcast episode on this yet, but maybe I, maybe I'll start doing this again uh, more on the regular, but like I'm really into like cryptozoology. Like I always said, if there was money in that, I think that's what I would have been as a career but you have like a crypto club t-shirt and I was like, oh, I have to get that. I, I had to like, and I did. And I wear it. It's funny. I probably almost wore it today, but um, I, yeah, I love cryptids. I do a couple things yeah. uh, like Mothman peak. Love I've got him. Your, yeah. I've got your Mothman point pleasant sticker on the back of my work laptop at the store. Yeah. And I'm putting out a Mothman pin, not pin Mothman charm soon. And mm -hmm. I don't know, just like, I love lore. And I love, I grew up eating through urban legend books and stuff like that. And I live in central Jersey, like the whole like Pine Barrens, Jersey Devil area. So it was yeah. kind of all over the place growing up. And well, I think it's just fascinating. Well, what got me into that stuff is, all right, this will derail. I don't mind tangents and stuff in this. I'll, this might derail things a little bit. It's like, I've got a couple of Jersey Devil experiences myself. So... Uh, and then that's kind of what also like I was already interested in paranormal things because I grew up loving Ghostbusters and stuff. But um, yeah, uh, I'll save that for its own podcast. We'll I'll have you back. We'll do a cryptid specific one. Yeah, because I've uh, I've done plenty of camping in the Pine Barrens, and I love knowing these things because I love scaring myself. It's I mean, good. I don't have to go too far to get into the Pine Barrens. The Pine Barrens are freaking scary looking. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, like if you, especially if you're not used to them, it's like, ooh. Because all the trees like have no leaves and they're all like, like it looks like a Tim Burton nightmare, like, ooh. Because yeah. everything's like jagged and pointy. Yeah, all those like, oh, no, I totally get it. The Pine Barrens are scary. Yeah. But there's a, they can be beautiful. I, I'm not going to degrade that. Like I've, I've enjoyed a lot of uh, camping in my day. You know, I got to be an Eagle Scout, so I've done a lot of it. No, but, I, um, I I agree. Yeah, so we'll we'll definitely talk about that. But I know that that's in doing some stuff uh, with you and like, like I said, with your Point Pleasant one because it's you know Cryptic Club's kind of the uh, like umbrella term, I guess for it. It's like yeah, um, yeah. If we did a ton of that stuff. I'd have to get all of it. I really like uh, one of my like. I wouldn't say it's like an artistic influence, but one of the things that inspires me a lot are uh, vintage like camp badges and patches and stuff yeah, like that. They definitely look like that. I love stuff like that. And I've done like quite a few like club sort of designs like uh, I woke up today club or crying in nature participation badge or oh, a future cool. ghost club member. And I just, I love making fake clubs and societies i don't know i think it's just it's fun and anyone can be part of it it's all about uh doing whatever you want i said i have no idea how this stuff is manufactured but like would you be able to actually like make patches for that stuff at yes some point? i want to so badly but uh i'm always 
scared because like the minimums are pretty high. I gotta so, imagine, yeah. Yeah, so what I do is that there's a couple that I've had as stickers for a while, like the the Mothman one, like the Point mm -hmm. Pleasant one, that I saw that they're doing well enough that I am absolutely looking into making them into like iron-on patches. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because then, all right, well, I, I probably will have to buy a jacket just for all of your cryptid stuff then. Yeah, so there, I like embroidered patches and stuff like that are definitely something that I plan on venturing more into. Like, sure. I think this coming year, probably. Okay. Uh, when we're done recording this, I have uh, a bunch of patches I need to show you then. I just don't know. Please. Um, but, you know, yeah, we mentioned, like, you sell stuff. Like, uh, so you have a, I know you've recently transitioned to being more of a full-time artist. Um, and you're focusing on, you know, your, your own web store. Um, mm -hmm. Can you tell people a little bit about, like, where they can find that? or? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me, if you type in Google sticks and spells, you can mm -hmm. basically find everything there. Because I think I'm the only person with that handle. So you can find my work uh, to buy on Etsy. That is my main selling platform, where at this point, it's pretty well stocked. It has everything that I have to offer, which is cool. This is the first time it's ever been so up to date. And what's exciting is that I have tons of new charms coming in. I'm making new t-shirts and new tote bags. So I'll be posting all of those soon as well. Uh, the best place to get up to date, uh, up to date on what I'm working on is my Instagram mm -hmm. is my main platform, but I also do Twitter and I do have a Facebook page, but a uh, little plug in here. I just opened up my very own Patreon account, which okay. is super, super exciting. And I'm doing exclusive content just for people who sign up through there. So, so um, I'll have you send me the links and I'll put them in the description of this podcast. Yeah. So exclusive stickers, exclusive art prints. You can even get uh, hand-drawn illustrations every month. So I'm super excited. So there's that too. Okay. I'll make sure I uh, join that later. That was not my intention. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you put it out there. You can't stop people from uh, from doing it fine but uh is there any like upcoming things that you haven't worked like worked on like any i i like like mediums like patches that you haven't been able to like tap into yet or any like cool ideas you can maybe uh tease us yeah so uh obviously i can't show you because it's a podcast but i am in the midst of starting up stationary oh okay so yeah notepads i'm even going to be doing some like pens and, like pencils with the designs on it but yeah notepads are coming i have a couple sitting here that i've been testing for a while before launching That's so really cool. i'm really excited yeah. to get into the stationary world uh but patches are a big one man i do so much already it's hard to think of like what else I can really tap into without thinning myself out too much, but stuff like enamel pins and stuff, I'd really love to do more of. Yeah. I think you're the way you have your enamel pins like set up is with like, you know, a little display back and stuff I think is really eye catching. I, now that I've had the opportunity to sell some of them myself, I think that goes a long way in getting people wanting interested in buying them. Cause they're not, more, 
Yeah, they're not more expensive than your average enamel pin. So it's not like the price is, you know, the price is fair. And, but like what sets them apart is like, they're kind of, they kind of like, sounds weird, but like if they, if they display nice with it. I agree. So yeah. uh, what Scott's talking about is that all, every single pin I do and every single charm I do, I create a custom uh, backing illustration for the packaging. And I know I don't have to. I know I could just stick them in a bag or stick them in with a business card. But I I love uh, like the experience of like unwrapping something and yeah. uh, having that like aesthetic. And it's just really, uh, it works really well to give as a gift, get as a gift, or just to enjoy visually. So it's what I want. So it's what I'm going to give out as the content creator. Yeah, like I said, it. my recommendation for, because sometimes people ask me like, oh, you know, I want to make a comic or whatever. Like, what should I, you know, what should I do? And I'm like, just make what you want. Because odds are, if you like it, there's other people that like it too. You yeah, know? So, and, so yeah, if you're making stuff for you, people can respond to that. Yeah, know? I create stuff that makes me happy and that I would want to consume as a person. So uh, my advice is just, do what you want to do you know if you put in, if you put your heart into something and uh work for it success will come and people will want your stuff because people can feel the the energy and the effort that you put into something so it doesn't matter what you do just put your heart into it and it'll work some of the best advice i've ever been given is be the leslie nope of whatever you do love it yes yeah. so, that kind of reminds me a little bit of that um, I don't have nearly as much energy as she does, but oh, she's God, a fictional person. So I don't feel so bad by not matching that level. Um, but speaking of cool things you do, um, this probably be as good a segue as I can get to. Uh, as if you're at, if you guys are turning to enjoying us for free comic book day, uh, you'll be able to get a special print that's only available. Like it'll be limited number. I'll not have each individually numbered uh, of art done by my very special guest here, Kit. So when I got invited to this year's uh, free comic book day, uh, at this point, I really want to do some sort of like promo image for every event just because uh, I enjoy them that much. And I know that this event is like giant themes. So yeah. you and I were talking a bit and I have the sketch done and it's probably one of my favorite sketches I've done in a while. Oh, Not to like I can't imagine like, how good it is then. Yeah, it's I normally don't do like full scene illustrations and this one is like a full scene and just as like a little teaser since uh the theme of the show this year is giant size, it's uh it's this oh god, I don't know. Uh it's like a foresty hill scene. Mm -hmm. with this little village like a hilly village on the bottom and this really big like a forest mountain creature kind of like quietly stepping over mm -hmm. the village oh, and he's like cute. covered in moss and flowers and it's nighttime uh and the little quiet village underneath it to really create like this cute cute quiet giant but peaceful vibe and mm -hmm. i'm excited to finish it Oh, I'm excited to see it. I can't wait. I haven't had to, just so people know, like I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but 
I'm I'm very excited. I basically I threw out a couple ideas and I was just like, I trust whatever you think you can you want to do. I'm I'd be more than happy with. And but yeah, I'll I'll make um uh, we'll make a limited run of prints of them. I'm not sure what the quantity is going to be yet. Uh, my guess is probably going to be between 50 and 100. So they're going to be fairly limited, uh, but they will be free to the first however many people come to the store that day. And then obviously you can take your print, take it over to Kit. Uh, it's a good, ex- you know, she can sign it for you. And it's a good excuse to like maybe talk to her about some of the cool stuff she's you're inevitably going to see at her table. And I will bring a cool collection of colors so you can choose what color I sign it in. Oh, nice. Um, I know I'm definitely, uh, this weekend, I'm printing up the commission I got from you recently, so you expect to see that to get signed. You got it. Yeah, so I'm very I'm very excited to see you. Uh, you're always, it's always a pleasure whenever we get to, our paths get to cross. Like I said, I'm so busy on the day of, I never really get a chance to chat, so I really appreciated uh, being able to, that you came on the podcast and we were able to have a chance to finally like sit down and talk. No, I think this is awesome because you are always running around like crazy at these events that I'm lucky if I could snag you for like a little bit in the beginning and at the end. Yeah. Uh, so having like this uninterrupted chance to like chit chat mm-hmm. is really refreshing and like oh. long overdue. It's also not just me at the store who wants to likes talking to you. I know Becca and everyone wants to. You recently posted a Tamagotchi. Uh, was it a charm or a sticker on your Etsy? It was a it was a charm. It was like a like a little Japanese inspired like pocket pet design. So I think Nina reached out to you. She's one of our employees. She collects Tamagotchis. She's yeah. super them. So she's like, oh my god, can you please bring me one for Free Comic Book Day? I'll you know. Yeah, so, I put one aside for her, and she was yeah. sending me uh, pictures of her Tamagotchi that she had on her. And yeah. it was so cute. It was like yeah. like the more vintage ones, and had a chimney on it. I lost yeah, my mind. That, it was that's so one of, cute. That's one of her vintage ones. She carries it at work. It it needs to be held in a certain way, or the battery gets loose and like the thing dies. I know she just got one of the new Jurassic Park ones because I was sort of interested in that. Um, but she just sent me photos of that on uh, Facebook Messenger. So I was like, oh okay. Like the first thing she got is it turned into an Indominus Rex. But like there's like thirty dinosaurs your little pet can turn into. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, well, this one's cat-themed. Because, yeah, obviously, that, I, she's I love She's also cats. very into her cats, so... I was about to say, your one pin, uh, tell your cat, I said, piss, 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 piss. <laughs> Huge conversation starter. I got really sick of hearing people make that sound every single day. Because they'd be like, oh, this is what this says. and like, uh, But no, it's, it's fun. Uh, your stuff's very good. I highly recommend everyone check out uh, all of your stuff. Again, I'll link it down in the description. I don't know why I'm pointing down. Like, you can see this. Um, but, you know, Kit, is there anything else you'd like to hit up before uh, we, we leave here? Uh, let me look at my notes of who I am as an artist and as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not really. I'm just super thrilled to have been a part of this conversation and I want people who are listening to know that I love talking to you guys and I love sharing the knowledge I have as an artist and as someone in this scene and that I'm an open book and I love just helping people out and talking so feel free to like just hit me up and let's talk art and you know i'm a person 
and I want to talk. So you're specifically inviting people to slide into your DMs? Slide? No, no, God, no. But don't <laughs> be afraid that to... <laughs> so just be friendly with people. Yeah, I, I think that's all it is. And like I said, I always enjoyed talking to you. And, you know, you mentioned like we support the community and stuff. But like, you know, part of that is, is like, I like to support people that I feel are worth supporting. And you've become one of those over the years. I can't believe it's been six years. But then part right. of me can believe because I kind of forget. I think we talked about it last October. I kind of forgot like what the origin story was, like how we got to know each other. Because you just yeah, exactly. every event. I just manifested and never left. It's fine. I'm not complaining. Like I said, I've got some of your art up on my wall and I'm planning to have more. So. I'm excited to make more. Now, you guys rock. Everyone at the shop rocks. And everyone should check out Level Up Entertainment because their community is peak. Their content is peak. And just overall, you guys are the best. So We try. All right, but thanks for uh, joining me again, Kit. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, like I said this is probably going to be the first episode that goes up. I am planning on talking to as many of our guests as we can. I know I've got Mark A. Robinson on the docket. I've got Super Thrash Brothers. So it'll be fun to talk to like a whole band at once. Um, and then really excited, uh, Natasha Allegri, creator of Bee and Puppy Cat, is going to be at the show. Um, I was supposed to talk to her tomorrow, but she got sick. And says she has a cough she can't get rid of just yet. So she doesn't want to do uh, a recording. So I'll get back to her on that. Um, but I'm very excited. To, you know, and other people as well. Just those are the ones that I immediately have coming up uh, recordings. So those are the ones you can look forward to first. Um, and then obviously I'm still accepting, you know, vendors. And we're still talking to guests. There's a couple of really exciting people I'm talking to to, to attend right now. Um, but I can't say anything yet because I still have some... Eyes the dot and some T's to cross, but you know, we're calling this one giant size free comic per day. I really am trying to make this like the biggest and coolest one we've done so far. Um, so thanks again, and uh, until next time, uh, be safe.